Good evening and welcome to another episode of Quotes Today by Live Law. This is your host Urvashi Chahan bringing you the latest updates on the legal front. This is your go-to source for all things legal. Let us start. Significantly, the Supreme Court has directed all the high courts to take necessary steps to set up vulnerable witnesses deposition centers in all districts. The court said this exercise must be completed on or before 30th April 2024. The bench of CJI Chandrachud, Justices J.B. Pardewala and Manoj Mishra was hearing a miscellaneous application on the need to set up vulnerable witnesses courtrooms in compliance with the decision of the Supreme Court in State of Maharashtra versus Bandhu. Let me tell you, vulnerable witnesses are individuals who may face difficulties or challenges when giving evidence in legal proceedings due to various factors that could affect their ability to communicate effectively or cope with the legal process. Common categories of vulnerable witnesses include children, victims of sexual offences, persons with disabilities, etc. In 2021, the Supreme Court had issued detailed directions for safe environments to record evidence from vulnerable witnesses, a concern it has addressed for over two decades now. Among the directions was the establishment of a permanent Vulnerable Witnesses Deposition Centre Committee or VWDC in every High Court. Justice Geeta Mittal was appointed to lead the committee in designing and implementing a nationwide training program for VWDCs. The Supreme Court bench comprising Justices B.R. Gawai and Sandeep Mehta today heard the matter relating to fake encounter killings allegedly carried out by the Gujarat police during 2002 and 2007. The petitions were filed by a journalist, B.G. Varghese, poet lyricist Javed Akhtar and social worker Shapnam Hashmi alleging that the Gujarat police encounters were fake and stage-managed. In furtherance, the Supreme Court in 2012 had appointed retired Justice H.S. Bedi as the chairman of a monitoring committee to monitor the investigation carried out by the Special Task Force in relation to the encounter killings. Justice Bedi had submitted a report to the court in 2018 in a sealed cover. Overruling the objections of the government, the report was directed by the court to be made public. Today, Solicitor General Tushar Mehta stated that petitioners were focusing on a specific state, that is Gujarat, regarding alleged encounters within a certain time frame. He argued that public interest should not be selective and the petitioners needed to clarify this. On this aspect, Justice Sandeep Mehta pointed to another petition related to Uttar Pradesh. Senior Advocate Nitya Ramchandran appearing for the petitioners argued that since Justice Bedi's report was before the court, the matter should be tried. It was emphasized that the work of the monitoring committee and its report should not be disregarded. After a brief hearing of the submissions, the bench adjourned the matter by two weeks. The Supreme Court today dismissed the petition filed by State of Punjab against the bail granted to Congress MLA Sukhpal Singharia in connection with the case registered under NDPS Act and the Arms Act. A bench of Justices Bela M. Trivedi and K.V. Vishwanathan was hearing the SLP filed by the State of Punjab challenging the bail granted by Punjab and Haryana High Court. The hearing today largely revolved around a constitution bench verdict on the question of summoning new accused persons in a trial after the judgment is delivered. 
First of all, I must tell you, according to Section 319 of CRPC, if during the course of a trial, the court is satisfied that there is enough evidence to suggest the involvement of a person who was not originally charged in the case, the court can proceed against that person as if they were also an accused. In 2015, an FIR was lodged against 11 persons invoking various provisions of the NDPS Act, Arms Act and the IT Act. Nine of them were accused and two were acquitted. On the same day when this judgment was delivered, the trial court summoned five new people for inquiry, including Kharia. After several rounds of litigation, Kharia, who was then the opposition leader in the Punjab Legislative Assembly, approached the Supreme Court against the summons. A constitution bench in 2022 finally ruled that powers under Section 319 must be invoked before the pronouncement of order of sentence and order of acquittal in cases of conviction and acquittal, respectively. Despite this verdict, he was arrested in September last year. Justice Trivedi said that the issue was settled with the constitution bench ruling, but senior advocate Siddharth Luthra, appearing for the Punjab government, disagreed. He argued that the ruling only settled powers of a trial court under Section 319 and it did not prevent further investigation into the drug trade case. Unconvinced, the bench refused to interfere with the High Court order and dismissed the petition. And now an update from the Supreme Court on Section 197 of CRPC. This section pertains to sanction for prosecution of public servants. Prior permission, according to this section, from the appropriate authority is required before prosecuting a public servant for actions undertaken in the course of their official duties. The object is to protect public servants from unnecessary and frivolous legal proceedings and to ensure that they can perform their official duties without fear of harassment. The Supreme Court, while deciding a criminal appeal, has held that prior sanction for prosecution as per Section 197 is not required to prosecute a public servant for the act of creating fake documents as the alleged acts do not form a part of their official duty. In this case, the public servant was allegedly involved in fabricating official documents by misusing his official position as a village accountant. The High Court had questioned the criminal proceedings against him for the want of prior sanction. The bench of Justices Abhay S. Oak and Ujjal Bhuya allowed the appeal and said that Section 197 does not extend its protective cover to every act or omission of a public servant while in service. It is restricted to only those acts which are done in the discharge of official duties. The Supreme Court today agreed to hear applications filed by three of the convicts in the Bilkis Bano case seeking an extension of time to surrender before jail authorities. The applications have been filed by three among the 11 convicts who were sentenced to life imprisonment for multiple murders and gang rapes against the backdrop of 2002 communal riots in Gujarat but were released by the Gujarat government in August 2022 after serving 14 years of sentence. As you already know, recently the Supreme Court had set aside the remission granted as illegal and the court had ordered them to surrender in jail within two weeks. The three convicts have requested extension citing health issues, one of them saying that he is the only caretaker of his aged parents and another citing the reason for his son's marriage. The matter was mentioned before a bench led by Justice B.V. Nagratna seeking urgent listing tomorrow since the time to surrender is expiring on this Sunday. 
Justice Nagratna said that the bench that passed the judgment comprising herself and Justice Ujjal Bhoya had to be constituted to hear the applications. Accordingly, a direction was issued to the registry to seek orders from the Chief Justice of India for constitution of the bench and the listing of the applications tomorrow. Stay tuned. The Supreme Court, while rejecting a petition to quash a complaint filed by Serious Fraud Investigation Office, that is SFIO, has left an important legal question unanswered. That is, whether SFIO officials qualify as police officers under Code of Criminal Procedure or not. Justices Sanjeev Khanna and Dipankar Datta presided over the matter. The High Court had previously determined that based on the provisions of CRPC and the Companies Act, SFIO is not prohibited from investigating offences under the IPC. The case originated when Ministry of Corporate Affairs ordered an investigation into 15 companies. SFIO appointed inspectors to conduct the investigation and later received authorization to investigate additional companies. Subsequently, SFIO submitted its investigation report under Section 212 of the Companies Act. Following this, MCA issued a sanction letter instructing SFIO to initiate prosecution against the petitioners for offences under the Companies Act. A complaint was filed accusing the petitioners of offences under IPC and Companies Act including Section 447 that is punishment for fraud. Dissatisfied, the petitioners approached the High Court. The High Court observed that investigation report within the scheme of the Act will be treated as a police report. Therefore, the officer filing the said report shall also be considered an officer in charge of a police station, although not specifically provided for in the Act. The Supreme Court has now clarified that the question of whether SFIO officials are considered police officers did not directly come up for consideration before the High Court. Therefore, the High Court's decision will not serve as a precedent. In another update, a Delhi court today denied bail to accused Neelam Azad, who was arrested over the security breach in the parliament last year. As you already know, in a major security breach on the anniversary of 2001 parliament terror attack, two persons jumped into the chamber of Lok Sabha from the public gallery when the zero hour was in session. The duo was identified as Sagar Sharma and Manoranjan D. Two other accused, identified as Amol Shinde and Neela Mazad, also sprayed coloured gas from similar canisters outside the premises of the parliament while shouting slogans. Neelam is presently in judicial custody along with other co-accused persons. Additional Sessions Judge Hardeep Kaur of Patiala House Courts today dismissed the plea moved by Neelam seeking bail in the case registered by the Delhi Police under UAPA. And lastly, the Madras High Court has upheld an order of the State Information Commission directing an employer to furnish the salary information of an employee sought by his wife. Justice G. R. Swaminathan observed that when the matrimonial proceedings are pending between the husband and the wife, the quantum of maintenance would depend upon the husband's salary and the wife could make a rightful claim only when she knew the details of the salary. In this case, the wife who had sought relief of maintenance from the petitioner husband had applied to his employer for furnishing certain basic service details. The employer, however, refused to furnish the information following objection by the husband. The appellant authority also refused to interfere. The wife then approached the State Information Commission, which directed the employer to furnish the information. 
Thank you for watching. If you wish to know more details about the cases I mentioned here, you can visit our website at www.livelaw.in. Stay ahead with quick legal updates only on Live Law. Do not forget to like, share and subscribe and support us. You can also support us by donating through the thanks button at the bottom of our videos or consider becoming a member at just 89 rupees per month.